0: Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Happy Father's Day. I hope that you've got some plans today. Um, I hope your plans are first to stick through the service and and listen to what God has to say um, to you this morning. We pray that God will speak to our hearts. Um, it's been. Uh, it's been a little bit enlightening this week, and we've had some restrictions lifted, so some um, a little bit more freedom in social gathering. I just want to give you a heads up: we are still not able to meet where we're at. We're looking at our um, our options and and seeing what we can do, uh, the best we can do uh, for the future. So stay tuned; we'll keep you up to date on what's happening as far as. Uh, uh, our gathering and covet restrictions uh, you'll see some things come up in the near future we'll we'll keep you updated um so uh, i i wanted to share with you some thoughts this morning on in our ownership and how we have uh we have transferred our ownership you know not that long ago uh, i guess it was about three weeks ago i i bought a boat not a big yacht or anything it's a little 12 foot aluminum boat I bought a boat because I like fishing and I wanted to try getting out in the lake and and things. So I bought this little boat and 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 so I was really excited about this boat and and I I paid the money for this boat and the old owner signed over uh, titles to the to boat and the trailer that I bought with it and uh, and so it was mine. So I got it home. Um, I got it home and it's in my yard. We actually had it out once. And uh, the thing is, is, is I took ownership of that boat. I took ownership of it. It's now mine. I paid for it. He signed the papers. I signed the papers. We're all good. We're all good. Now, wouldn't it be silly if that guy, if the, last, if the old owner came along and decided to use my boat? Because right now, the COVID restrictions are... are stopping me from being able to complete the transaction i can't take i can't uh, get the papers transferred over yet i mean i might be able to now but i haven't been able to do that yet i haven't been able to transfer those papers now he signed the papers i've signed the papers i've paid the money so um legally it's mine and it's in my yard but wouldn't it be silly if he thought he could come along and use it anytime he wanted to it just I go out and it's gone one day because he decided he wanted to use the boat. It's no longer his, is it? It's mine. Legally, it's mine. And that's kind of what it's like in Christ. See, at one point in time in our lives we we belong to someone else. We belong to someone else. But when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are transform, transferring, transferring, you're being transformed, you're transferring ownership over to Him. That's literally what you're doing. You're giving him the title of your life. You're giving him all. You're giving your entitlement over to him. You no longer belong to your old owner. Who is that? Who's the old owner? Well, that would be you. You claim ownership of your own life. That's what. That's what the problem is. That's why sin entered the world because we decided that we are going to direct. We are going to control. We are uh, owners of our own lives. We, we do not really answer to God. We do not belong to God. We are our own, the makers of our own destiny. We are the makers of our own way. We do things the way we want to do because we own our own lives. But that's, that's what happens when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're transferring ownership. And, and, and you're transferring your life, ownership of your life, over to him. So wouldn't it be silly? Wouldn't it be silly for you to go back and take ownership back again and live as if it belonged to you, when you've already made, when you've already signed the papers, when you've already made the decision to give your life over to Jesus Christ. That's what I wanna to talk to you today about. Paul said it well in, in the Romans fourteen eight. He said, if we live, we live for our, the Lord. If we die, We die for the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. Let me pray with you. Father God, I I thank you that you have delivered us. You have given us new life. I thank you, God, that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us. I thank you for Jesus, and I thank you for all it means to belong to him. And God, I pray that today that we would have new insight, new understanding of the truth of what it means to belong to Jesus, what it means to belong to you, God, and how that uh, should affect our lives and what that means in our, in our everyday walk from when we wake up in the morning till we go to bed at night and how we have transferred ownership from one to another and how th- does that affect our daily living, our daily thoughts, or even the desires of our heart. God, I pray that you will give us conviction of heart, um, assurance of ownership, and uh, assurance of your love for us today. Please bless us with uh, look, well, as we look into your word, God, and help us to see clearly, to draw near to you, I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. I've got two passages I want to read to you just to start off here, just to marry them together. Do you know what the main passage that I'm going to pre- passages I'm going to preach from today? But I I want to marry them together. All scripture is married together, right? All scripture is is joined together. It's 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 compatible with one another. It's, it joins together to tell one redemptive story. But listen to this. Listen to this. Coming from first Revelation chapter five, verse nine. Revelation chapter five verse nine. I'm going to read this to you, and then we're going to. And then I'm going to immediately read the next text, and I want you. I want you to take notice of how they marry together. Okay, how they might marry together. Revelation five verses nine, and then we'll go to Galatians two, twenty. If you want to be ready to go there, okay. Revelation uh, five nine. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, and people, and nation. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see how they marry together here. They talk about Christ purchasing us for God every every tribe and language people from every tribe and language and nation. And 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 then and then because that has happened, I have been crucified with him. Those who have trusted in him, I no longer live. It is no longer I who live. I do not longer. I don't live for myself any longer. The old owner who was in control of my life. That, he no, I no longer live for him. I no longer live for him. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In the, in the Revelation passage where it talks about, uh, where it says, You're, you purchased for God. With your blood, you purchased for God. The word purchased there in the ESV um is translated ransomed. Ransomed. Just to give you a deeper, more uh, broader perspective of what the word purchase means. It means ransomed. But in the New King James Version, the word is translated redeemed. And I, I just want to speak on that word for a minute. Redeemed means to be bought back with a price. That's what redeemed means, that you've been bought back, that you've been purchased, that you've been ransomed, but you've been bought back with a price, and that is a great high price that you've been purchased with. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you have accepted that, that Christ's death upon the cross was sufficient payment for you, he has paid for you. Get this, get this. The great price that Jesus Christ has paid upon the cross has purchased you from your previous owner. Who is that? That is you. That is you. He he has purchased you from your previous owner. And, 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 And now you are under a new ownership. Are you staying with me? You're under new ownership because you've been purchased with a high price. The price of the blood of Jesus Christ. Over and over again, you, you see that, that being told that we are purchased with his blood. He laid down his life. He bought us with a high price. Now, now grab a hold of that because it, it's really going to help you understand where we're going with this today. We've been purchased, okay? You've been bought. If you've, if you've accepted that price, you've been bought. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to stick in this from verses 1 to 12. I'm just going to go through a couple verses at a time, and I want you to to stay with me here and have this, with this understanding that you've been purchased with a high price, okay? So, Romans chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 1. Listen to this. Therefore... There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. What does that mean? Well, no condemnation sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? No condemnation. There's nothing against us. There's no no condemnation. We have been set free. That, That sounds like really good news, and it is. It is really good news. But what does it set us free from? It says, from the law of sin and death. From the law of sin and death. Now, this is not the law, the written law. This is, this is the power. It literally means the power of sin and death. The power of sin and death in your life. You've been set free from the power of sin and death. You've been set free. Now, get this. This is where, this is where you have to pay close attention because you have this old owner. Now, the old owner, we already said, was you. Now, how does sin and death fall into that? You've been, the Bible says that we are a slave to sin. And sin is literally us doing our own thing, doing it our own way, away from God. That's what sin is. Really, if you you really want to look at what sin is, it's us going our own way, doing our own thing, separate from God. We don't pay attention to God. We don't have any mind for God. We don't want to do the things God, we want to do our thing. And we want to do it our way. That's sin, right? And we have a, the power of sin, which leads to death. The power of sin, or the law of sin, is that we cannot control it. We want to serve self. It's just an automatic thing. Even us we're in Christ, we just want to, we want to serve ourselves naturally. We want to do things our own way. We don't want to follow after God. We want to do our things so, so we're under this, uh, we're like a slave to sin. We're a, a slave to self and selfish desires. We're a slave to that. But, but, but the thing is that, but because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from that. Has set you free from the law of sin. So, so, so you've transferred ownership. I want you to think of it this way: You once belonged to yourself. You once belonged to the sin nature. You once belonged to going your own way. You're controlled by it. You desired it. You wanted to do the things that you wanted to do. But Christ came along and and took care of the sin nature. He. Paid a price that you could not pay. He paid a great price, the greatest of price. He, he paid his, his the price of him dying upon the cross to purchase you, to buy you, to redeem you. So now that you've been redeemed, you no longer belong to the old owner anymore. You belong to the new owner who is Christ. Does that make sense to you? So you've been transferred in ownership. You've had a transfer of ownership. There is no condemnation with this new owner. It's like those things that, that, that sin and death, that really doesn't matter anymore because you're under new ownership. Well, there is eternal life. These things really don't have any meaning anymore in your life. You're no longer controlled by sin, and you're no longer controlled. You're not a slave to sin. It has no power over you. Isn't that good? It has no power over you because you belong to Christ, if indeed you belong to Christ. We're going to get there in a few minutes. So the law of sin and death is the power of it. And it is literally our desire to rule our own lives apart from God. Really, that's what it is. Our desire to rule our own lives apart from God. God. This means literally to claim ownership of ourselves. We can't help but serve ourselves. We've become a slave to our sinful nature. But the good news is, however, that Christ has paid for us. So he has, he, he, through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit, spirit who gives life has set you free, has set you free. So you no longer are slaves to that. if you've accepted the payment on your behalf, if you accepted that, if you bought that, I, I, I was talking about my boat earlier. Now, if. If the if the guys if I've offered him a payment of let's say um, five hundred dollars less than what he was asking for the boat, then and he said no that's not enough then he's not accepting that payment. To receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are accepting the payment upon the cross that He paid for you. You're accepting that. You're receiving that. You're saying, yes, That I received that. I no longer want to belong to the old nature, which is myself. I no longer want to serve that owner. I accept the price paid for me, and now I'm under new ownership of Christ. Let's read verse 3, because this is why it happened for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. That means that we we didn't have the power in and of ourselves. The, the, The law... Now we're talking about the real, the written law. The law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God did. God did this. We were helpless. We were without any help whatsoever. God did this by sending His own Son in the likeness, in the likeness of sinful man, to be a sin offering. Now, now I know this is just this is something that you've heard before, and I know that you 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 understand it in essence. But I want you to really dig into the deep truth of this: that we're not subject to sin no more because god in the flesh has paid for our sins god in the flesh has come along delivered us from the slavery that we were under the old owner and and now we are under a new ownership in other words a power that we could not overcome that we could not possibly overcome that power christ overcame for us god offers us a way to stand before a holy god by accepting the righteousness of Christ, by first recognizing that we do not now this is important first recognizing that we do not have the strength to overcome sin ourselves, the Son of God not only is righteous but paid for our sins in full by accrediting us with his righteousness he 's not only righteous but he paid for he paid our sin in full and accredited us his righteousness if we trust him. Trust in him our lives, if we receive that payment in good faith, if we accept that payment for our lives, that means that we no longer belong to that old self, right? That's what that means. It's not just a matter of accepting his forgiveness, it's a matter of transfer of ownership. It's a matter of transferring our lives over to Christ. Therefore, therefore, this is my therefore, okay? Therefore, therefore, since we have accepted that, since you have trusted in and I, I, I know that's, that's the gospel, right? We've accepted Christ's payment upon the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, knowing that we were a slave to sin, slave to ourselves. We only served ourselves, but now we no longer want to serve ourselves. We no longer want the sin in our life. We no longer want to rebel against God, but now we want to turn to God, and we want to... to to honor God with our lives, but we can't do it in our own selves. We don't have the strength in the flesh. We don't have the strength in our own selves, the power to do that. We're we controlled by the power of sin, the power of self-motivation, self-desires, selfish ambition. We're controlled by that, but Christ came and he delivered us from it and i know i I'm, I'm repeating that but i really need you to understand especially if you've never really received jesus christ as your lord and savior now you can receive the payment for your sins but the the idea is that you no longer live for the old owner anymore now you live for this new one a transfer of ownership a transfer of title now you belong to christ now you were his so what does that mean in your life now i'm talking to you christian As well, and you non-Christian, because it means something specific in your life. We we have been redeemed. We have been bought back. It would make no sense. It would make no sense to go back to the old owner when such a high price has been paid for us. Verses 3, continue on with verse 3. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, because we have new ownership, because we belong to another, we no longer live as if we were living for our own old owner. We don't. I mean, my boat's going to go on different waters now. It's going, to, it's going to be driven by a, a, a different operator. It's, it's, it's not going to be the same anymore. When, when, I tried, sure, when I trusted in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I long, no longer served that old owner. I no longer served him. So the righteous requirement to stand before a holy God is now met in those who have received Jesus Christ as the Redeemer. Now, pay attention. He says, who do not live according to the flesh. That means live according to the old nature, but live according to the spirit. What's it mean to live according to the flesh? Is to live according to the old nature, the old owner. To live according to the spirit is to live according to the new owner. There's a difference. You no longer live as you once lived. You can't be saved and then say, I'm just going to go back. It doesn't work that way. You've got to, you've got to devote your life to the new owner of, that you've received. As your, see, the high price that was paid for you is, is sufficient enough to give you desire and hunger and thirst to serve that new owner. He's paid for you adequately, more than, more than you can imagine he's paid for you. He's, pay, he's paid a great price. If you just ignored that new owner and went back to the old owner when you really feel like it, you're treating it like the payment didn't matter. You see that? You see that? When you should never walk as if you were walking in your own path anymore, under your own under the old owner. You should never do that. You should be walking as if you have been bought and paid for at a high price with a new ownership. Verses 5 to 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So when you were under the old ownership, you weren't serving God whatsoever. So why would you ever go back to serving yourself Because now you have been bought with a price. You have been bought so you can serve God. You can't please God with that old owner. You can't please God with that old master. Now you need to step over. And and because you are a Christian, because you have trusted in Jesus Christ, because you have accepted the payment on your behalf, live like you belong to another. Live like you belong to another. Does that make sense to you? To live like you belong to another you know i was sharing with the guys in the men's group the other night about this um little uh, mini movie uh based upon the book torture for christ wer we i think i can't remember how you pronounce his name but anyways in the, the 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 in the movie there was a guy who was being tortured it was i was hard to watch right there's a guy who's being tortured for christ right he was a christian and he was being tortured for christ and and while he was being tortured, unimaginably so going through excruciating pain, his torturer had no mercy on him whatsoever, and his torturer said to him, he said, your life belongs to me. And in his pain and agony, in his pain and agony, the one who was being tortured, the man who was being tortured, said, no, my life doesn't belong to you. My life belongs to Christ. You know why? Because he understood that he had been bought, paid for. By Christ. He belonged to Christ. He had given his life to Christ. His life belonged to Christ. Whether he lived or died, he belonged to Christ. He was under new ownership. What's that mean to you? What's that mean to you that you were under new ownership? How does that make you feel? Is really a great price has been pay- paid for our freedom. I want you to think about the cross of Jesus Christ and the pain and the suffering that he endured for your Him. Unha- you know, the other day I was, I was, I was reading scripture and this uh, a fresh thought came to mind. Okay? I, I understood my sinfulness and how it rebelled against God. And I understood that if I was to pay for my own sins that all eternity would not be adequate. For one reason is I never stopped being a sinner. (laughs) So how could I ever pay for my own sins? All eternity would not. So the wrath of God poured out on me, if I was to endure the punishment for my own sins, would last eternity and it still would not be adequate enough to pay for my own sins. And I thought about the torment and the length of that, and how how much it how 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 much it would cost to pay for mu- just my own sins. I, I thought about how much it would just pay to pay for my own sins, and how t- terrible that was. And then I thought about Christ enduring just my sins. Christ enduring just the payment for my sins. And I, and, and and for a moment, I just felt so so sad because I said, "Wow." Jesus, I am so sorry that you had endured that for me. I'm sorry that you had endured that for me. I accept it, I receive it, but I am sorry that you had endured that for me. The reality was afresh in my heart, in my mind, that I knew that what Christ paid for for me upon the cross was a great price and that was just for me alone that was a great price and the pain and the agony and enduring the wrath of God on my behalf it tore my heart out in a sense that I, I thought God I God I'm sorry that you had to go through that for me How could I ever go back to an old master? How could I ever go back to the one who owned me before when I realized such a great price was paid for me? I will live in a way that recognizes that great price. I will live in a way that recognizes that the great price has been paid for me, has bought me, has redeemed me. And I appreciate what you've done for me, Lord, and I will not treat it in vain. I will not act as if it was small. I will walk as worthy as I can, living for the Spirit of God and not for the flesh and the old nature. I will not go back. I do not want to live for that. Such a high price is paid, and I want to walk worthy to the calling which I've been called because you have bought and paid for me. You have paid that high price for me. How about you? How about you? How about you? Do you think about your sin? Do you think about if you had to endure it yourself? Do you think about that that you do not have an adequate enough time in all eternity to pay for your own sin? But the wrath of God must be poured out because he's a just God. The wrath of God must be poured out upon your sin. And if Christ has paid for your sin, if you accepted that payment on your behalf, how do you walk now? Do you walk in a way that recognizes that that price was paid was high, that 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 He endured that for you? Does it does it? Does it cause some little bit of sorrow in your heart that he had to do that for you to understand that your sin has rebelled against God, but God has sent his son, his only son, to die on the cross for you? Now, how do you walk in a way that is worthy of that under new ownership? How do you walk? Ask yourself that question. And ask yourself the question, when you wake up in the morning, do you say to God, God, I, just, I, I know that, you, that I've been redeemed for you, for your purposes, for your plans, and I just want to know what those are. I want to know what it is to wake up in the morning and, and, and walk with you, and I want to know what it's like to read your word and hear from you and know what it's like to live for you. Because I have been bought and I've been redeemed, I have been bought, a great price has been paid for my redemption, and I want it to serve you because I've been paid for. Do you you look at the cross of Jesus Christ and understand that to walk worthy under new ownership is to serve him? And not only that, but to look at the world and say, I want you to know my Lord. I want you to know my Savior because he is so great. Do you know what he's done for me? Do you know what he's done for you? Do you know the great high price he's paid for us? Do you know that he loves us so much? That he's done this for us. I want the world to know how much worth I place in my Savior. And I don't even, not even that. I want my Heavenly Father to know how much worth I place in his Son. And I want to walk worthy in a way that says that, that Jesus Christ has, has, is, is worth everything to me because I was worth so much to him. And because I want to walk in a way that recognizes that. And I want the world to recognize that. And I will not turn back to that old owner. I will not turn back to the way I once was. I will not look at those things. I will not serve myself. I do not want to do that. I want to serve my God with all of my heart and all my strength and all of my mind and all of my might. I want to wake up in the morning and I want to go to bed at night with him speaking the first word to my heart. as, As Bonhoeffer said, speaking the first word of my day. He speaks it. God speaks it. And, and the last word of the day, God speaks it, not me. Not me. Now I've got to find my place. You know, to live like. We've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but to walk in this world like we still are living for ourselves. It's like Paul said in Hebrews 6. You don't have that scripture up there, but he says, you know, it's like crucifying Christ all over again. And I think sometimes we don't really think, we look at Jesus and say he paid our sin debt in full, but we don't really think of the, of the wrath that was poured out of him for our behalf. And what it would have been like if we had to endure it. I don't think we can imagine what that was like. But if we walk back to the old owner, the old master, it's like crucifying him all over again. If that was possible. Why would we ever want to do that? Why would we ever want to serve that old master? Uh, A guy named uh, Chuck Queen... Titled an article, How to Know If You're Serving Yourself or God. And he says, he tells us that we can discern the answer in how we pray. Listen to this. Ask yourself this question Do we pray in order to bend God to our own agenda? To persuade God to do what we want God to do? To enhance our well being? Or do we pray in order to bend our will to God's purpose? in order to discover what God is doing and participate with others in doing it. How do you pray? Let's read verses 9 to 12 to, to close up these passages here. You, however, it's you, Christian, are not in the realm of the flesh. You're not in the old nature. You have been bought and paid for, but are in the realm of the Spirit. You are have eternal life. You are in God's Spirit. You have God's Spirit in you. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, both the same Spirit, Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, if he's living in you he who raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies as uh, because of the spirit who lives in you therefore brothers and sisters we have an obligation but it is not to live to the flesh but to live in the living to live to the flesh to live according to it it's not it's to live our new life it's live for him Paul's talking to Christians here and I just want to make it clear I want to make it clear you've made you may think you're a Christian and this is this is really where the rubber meets the road here okay and I'll be arrogant or anything I am a sinner and I have no right to claim eternity or heaven or anything like that in and of myself I only claim the work done upon the cross by Jesus Christ who helped me in my helplessness. But but the, the moment I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, something changed in me. The Spirit of God changed my heart. If you do not have evidence of the Spirit of God in your life, then you get to make sure that you truly are a Christian, that you truly have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because this is proof. This is the proof that the Bible gives us, that if we have the Spirit of God living in us, if we've had the change of heart and the desires to change to serve God, if we've had that in us within the deep pits of our soul, not in the flesh, not trying to please God in our own strength, but knowing that the Spirit of God is in our hearts, then we belong to Him. The Bible says if you don't have the Spirit of God, then you do not belong to Him. There is a difference. There is a difference. And you may not know what that is, but the moment that you trust in the redemption, the work, paid for you upon the cross, the the price that was paid for you, and the moment you decide to turn away from your old nature, following your own ways and turn to God and trust in the work done upon the cross, the moment you look at that and and understand that the price was paid in full and it was sufficient, it was sufficient. It's not what you do. It's it's who you know. And it's trusting in God and Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. The moment you do that, he, he gives you the spirit, of God to, in your heart that changes your life, changes your attitude, changes your heart, and gives you a desire to follow him. You are no longer the same anymore. It is a work of God inside of you. Is not you doing a work outside. It's a work of God inside of you the moment you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and trust the payment on your behalf. So the Spirit of Christ prompts us and empowers us to live in obedience to the new owner. That's what the Spirit of God does. It prompts us and empowers us to live in obedience to the new owner. I've got this one question in closing here. One question I want you to ask yourself. So in whom do you belong? Do you belong to yourself? Is it about serving you? Or have you signed the papers, signed ownership over to Christ, accepted the payment on your behalf? Have you done that? Have you looked at the cross and say, I accept that. I trust that. I accept that as payment for my sins, and I want to turn my life over to you, God. I want you to take ownership of my life. Or do you serve your old owner? Something to ask yourself every morning you wake up, and before you go to bed at night: Who am I serving today? Be like Joshua. For me, in my house, we'll serve the Lord. Do that. Let me pray with you, Father God. Thank you, thank you that you have rescued us, you have ransomed us, you have redeemed us, and and Lord, and what's required of us is. To, is to see that we no longer want to belong to ourselves but we want to give our lives over to you and we understand that the price that was paid for us upon the cross is sufficient enough to pay for our sins Lord and I pray that each and every person listening to the sound of my voice would would receive that payment in full trust in you as their Lord and Savior change your lives, release ownership over to you, and walk in a way that proves it. And God, I pray that you'll strengthen us to do so as, you're, as a body of believers. I pray that you'll bless each and every one as they celebrate Father's Day, if that's what they're doing today. I pray that just, you'll just bless them with these truths as they contemplate in whom they belong. A child of God, we have right to be called children of God. Thank you, Lord. For your word and thank you for your truths in jesus name i pray amen